meditation sits within the larger realm of cultivation of the path in which path factors, right view, right intent right action right mindfulness all these sequence of it the three cardinal factors of right view, right effort, right mindfulness right view is the recognition realisation of what I do what I say has effects on myself and others so certain sense of keenness to sense what I'm doing, saying, thinking what's the effect of that what's the causes of that is this for my welfare or not is it for the welfare of others or not right view right intent really applying recognising that in order to fulfil right view we have to have that that intention to do so the general picture, the general understanding of karma, cause and effect right intent is to determine, to aspire to say I can do this pick up so that quality of resolve (coughs) right effort is the application right mindfulness is the sense of awareness in the present moment that's sensing how's it going now you know what's happening now just that so we can begin to recognize that this is the unwholesome coming up or this is the suffering coming up or this is skillfulness coming up or this is the path arising or this is the origins of suffering arising or this is the cessation arising so you know getting that application to the present so we're not just caught on the wave of our thoughts and moods but is this you know you're getting the because they always carry us along in a way that has its own justifications intellectual justifications it's true, it's right emotional justifications it feels like this it's got it you know <coughs> it feels real, it feels poignant it feels urgent, whatever and those aren't the justifications we deliberately do but those very systems have their own realities that that um, that um, confirm them. And uh, ordinarily, a person is very much in the under the thrall of those, in the grip of those, the thinking mind, what it thinks, or the moods of the heart, what we feel like. And we recognise they they take us to some interesting places sometimes useful places but they don't take us out of the wheel of cause and effect and mindfulness is the is the key that transforms um, skillfulness into liberation so even good causes and effects good reasons, good thoughts fine ideals um, positive emotions and so forth <coughs> even they, we can, instead of 
uh, following or rejecting them, just, oh, it's like this now. Mm. This is, this is, it's like this now, it's going this way now. Mm. Who is this? What is this about? Um, how much is, am I in that? And with mindfulness, can I be with that rather than in it? So, without mindfulness, a person is either in this or in something else. So, we, when there's no mindfulness, we're either in thought, mood, so on, feeling, or we're trying to stop being in it, so we're in the sense of rejection of that. You know, we're in something else. We're in the, I don't want to think about this, or something like that. So you get into either affirmative patterns or negating patterns. Mm. Liberation is not affirming or negating, it's, uh, it's separate from those. Then there's no struggle. If we negate something, we struggle with it. If we affirm something, we go along with it. And uh, the world in general moves around these two currents. Bhava Vibhava, affirmation um, and denial, rejection. So that mindfulness is the key that takes us out of those polarities. It's like this now. And just to say that uh, to be to be with something is to be not in it be with something is not to be in it and not to be in negation of it it's just oh it's like this now and if we're not with it then we're in something and whatever if you're in something then that's you know there's no liberation there and to be with it is like that's what mindfulness is about like holding the pull, or the sinking, or the push, or whatever it is, mm. to be with that. Um, which, of course, is not um, easy, it's not habitual, it's not an easy thing, because sometimes what what's occurring is very powerful, there's a lot there for us, pulls us in, struggle with it, so we've got to build that up. Mm. Um. it's a matter of doing and not doing so So right view is mundane, this is cause and effect, and supramundane, which is the recognition, uh, which is when, when, when right view um, is enforced with the wisdom faculty, with what, with what comes out of mindfulness. So the right view is the recognition of the Four Noble Truths, uh, the recognition of anatta, and so on. These are all the, the ways of the vision around phenomena and around existence that occurs from wisdom, with wisdom as its basis. 
seeing it super mundane right view. So all our, uh, the things we do is carry out with right intent. This is skillful, this is useful, this is furthering. And essentially the right intent is towards um, way out of suffering, stress. The right intent is a, is a benevolent quality, essentially. Right effort, things we do and things we refrain from doing. So, things we let go of, things we put aside, things we pick up things we strengthen, so it's like that, not doing and not doing, things we just let pass and don't do, things we pick up and determine to do, and right intent, right view help us to get a feeling for um, how to judge, although judge is too ponderous a word, how to sense where that's going to be for us right now. Where's that line of doing and not doing going to be for us right now? We have to find that. Mm. When is it time? Is it appropriate just to let things pass? Do nothing? Relax that. When is it time to pick something up? firm around it, according to what energies we have, according to the, what we're faced with, how big it is. Mm. When is the time to restrain or refrain, move one's attention elsewhere, when is the time to apply, exert, mm. And essentially that that balance is not an ideological one, but a personal one that you're feeling out. What would be for my welfare? What can I manage? What is in accordance with the energy resource, or the faith resource, or the mindfulness resource?
with meditation itself, then there's doing and not doing. Um, the issue of techniques and just being aware. Mm. So, obviously, depending on our own um, requirements, our own capacities, or our own interests, we can um, fine-tune systems and techniques of meditation. Um, And it's also important to recognize that there's that time and that possibility of just not doing, just being, just being, keeping it very simple, just being in one's body, just um, mm. following the flow. The mind is stressed or frayed or overexerted, then it, it produces strain and um, irritation rather than delight and rapture. There is a time for exerting, the mind is slack, drifting, and this is the time for exertion, to tighten, to sharpen, to tune. And finding that, mm-hmm. I was talking a bit about alignment, just as a basis, just al- aligning oneself in the body, physically, and getting uh, some sense of where the energy energy channels are and what can the body is supported by energetically just beginning to sense that and what does it take to come into alignment I find alignment is a kind of middle way word because sometimes there's things you do to get into alignment and sometimes it's just letting it happen like letting a balance become get established so you can begin to physically align the body and it's waiting for things to rest or things to rise or things to shift as things find their balance so it's what I call the beanbag technique basically you get the thing, throw it on the floor, shuffle it around and see how it settles the new system I've devised (laughs) (laughs) and then once you've learnt it a little bit you've poked it around oh okay then you know this is what you can do with it this is where it will settle most well or how you can shape it up what shape you want to put in that bean bag depending what what you want to do you sit lie down or stand or whatever but also just recognizing that the system itself is 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 alive you know and responsive and energetic it's not inert it's not just a lump of meat that you kind of you know pummel into shape or pull up or move around it's an alive thing and of course the difficulty with the head-centered language system is we're, we're very much me and my body uh, the body is alive and if we as we Know, begin to invite, encourage, sit with it. You know, just try attuning it and listening in, finding out where it feels stressed, where it can relax, where things can drop, where things will flow, 
um, just getting that sense of relationship to to the body, so that that you know, one can do a certain amount, and it's a matter of letting it come, letting it happen, letting it come to us, and the patience that's required, and also that things don't necessarily proceed in the sequence which one would imagine. So you may find, oh, you know, you've got some pain in your back. You've got to fiddle and poke, try and twist to get that pain out, and you drop one shoulder, you drop the other shoulder, you prop forward another cushion under one knee, do some exercises, wiggle away. And um, that's just a matter of just sitting there and finding out, oh, Something needs to move in the hip. Oh, yeah. So it isn't always where you think it is. The body is a connected system. It's rather like untying a knot. You have to explore it to find out where the loose bit of the knot is that you can actually start to tease out. You go straight into the center of it, it doesn't always, it's too tight. So it's getting a feeling for, you know, where the, the most compacted, difficult parts are and where it's a little bit freer, working on the freer bits. So you work in and loosen up and open up and brighten up where you can. And also taking that model of development in terms of the body, also in terms of the mind and the emotions, some things are just too reactive or too compulsive. So you just work around, well, can I be just less reactive about reactivity? You know, I have reactivity around these particular topics. Oh, that's the way it is. Rather than, oh, stop, shouldn't, no, why am I like, you know. So can we just loosen up around that? You know, one's habits around food, reading, talking, sleeping and so on. You know, things what we're reducing our lives to the compulsiveness that we can come across in those areas at least starting to perhaps be a little more spacious and open about that and study it rather than immediately jump in there with fix it attitude because the system like the body does want to does want to set itself aright it does want to heal itself. And it's like almost remembering to invite one's heart, invite one's body into presence. What do you really want now? What would be good now? What would be, in this particular scenario, what's the best for you? That's right intent. What's the best to focus on right now? Some of the attitudes that we may come across are the um, let's jump right in and fix this. Kind of the hero, sort this one out, jump right in there, knock this one out, and then it knocks you out. <laughs> you know. And said, well, okay, 
something. Mm. So we can't really adopt ideologies, but just sometimes recognizing the things we can, some of the strategies we have. And um, is this really informed with wisdom? Now we can form particular systems of meditation in accordance with our requirements. And this is something that's been done over centuries. The Buddha was, didn't have a lot of techniques, the general presentations of things like breathing in and out and meditation on parts of the body and so on. And over the centuries, different teachers have developed skillful means around those and for our welfare, you know, from their own experience. So you can pick those up and make use of them. But just to, to recognize, you know, that you don't, you don't pick up a, that from a, oh, well, here we are, let's do this. Um, you know, but uh, in, in a purely ideological or dogmatic way, but as, as a, let's try this or we'll practice with this, why one wants to do that? System, systems offer a certain sense of clarity, composure, you know, here we go, this is it, this is what you do. You stay with the breathing in and out, you can't stay in the nostrils or wherever. And that makes it simple and straight. And something attractive and agreeable about having something just laid down and you just keep doing it. And it's a kind of calming of attitude rather than, well, maybe this, maybe that, maybe this, maybe that, maybe, you know, just do this. And that's, that's a, to my mind, that's, that's a skillful. Mm. Of course, it, it can go wrong way if we are just gung-ho about it or, or feel that any particular system or te- technique is the only way. You know, you've got, you, and if, particularly if it doesn't work for you, because one can get um, intimidated by interesting and clearly enunciated systems and techniques. I think you've got to be able to do this. Well, maybe it doesn't work for you. So there you are, looking for a sense of clarity and confidence, and it's offered in something you can't actually do or isn't um, easy for you. Basically, uh, any system or technique is a matter of, I would say, of recognizing where your good stuff is and what can keep you in touch with it for as long as possible. Staying with that, that. Where your good stuff is and how you can stay in touch with that for as long as possible. And you know, enhance it and develop your good, use it to develop your good stuff so it acts as both a something that repels hindrances and also um, provides you with, with um, calm, with joy, with confidence, so that the very roots of the hindrances are weakened, mm. the way they take hold. In terms of the body, you can use particular the energetic processes of the body, which are 
clarifying and steadying and breathing. So, for example, breathing in and out, feeling perhaps your easiest for you is, is in your chest. So you feel that. Feel the expansion of that. Feel the, the threads of sensation run out from that, from that center. Feel the sense of brightening, the sense of subsiding. Or maybe it's in your abdomen. Or maybe just check out various places in the body and go through that systematically. You know, breathing in through the abdomen, breathing out through the chest. following lines of energy so from the center to the periphery so breathing through the palms of the hands and soles of the feet so you can develop that like centering in your abdomen and then you breathe out just being aware of the sensations in the periphery of the body and the strongest ones energetically speaking are the palms of the hands soles of the feet A new one, Mark used to, used to send his breath out through his feet, soles of his feet around the room and breathe in, it, breathe in through the soles of his feet. So his breath took the whole room. It would come out through the soles of his feet, out to the other end of the room, cycle back and come back in through his feet. So he had a very big energetic breath. Of course, this sounds like complete madness from an um, anatomical point of view. But we are talking in terms of energy rather than anatomy and one of the things that that we do and undo is what we assume and what we think the body is so we always have this visual experience of the body arms, shoulders, hair, ears and so on and we think that's what you can see that's what a body is but that's what we can know is that's what a body looks like if you had a tactile impression of the body, it's what we're working with, then the hands actually feel much larger than a corresponding place on your back, for example. They're quite big and throbbing. And they can change also. They can disappear altogether, and they can suddenly become very big. So, coming to the tactile sense of the body which is what we're using for this kind of meditation how it feels and the energetic sense of it where does it pulse where is it warm where is it numb where is it flaring Mm -hmm. and we're looking for those places which are warm alive and steady and those are the good places and then as you breathe in and out, using the repetitive quality of breathing, perhaps even more important than the air itself, but just the repetitive sense of you know, letting go and taking in, and that sense of that, the tone of that, and the energy that flows with that, bringing that into places in your body, into the good places, so that it is enriched, 
and then as it becomes enriched, beginning to take it into the numb places or to calm and steady the flaring or the ragged places. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's a matter of just really exploring. Alternatively, one can just use uh, something like a systematic approach, breathing down through your spine, or breathing down through your legs, or breathing out through your hands, or, you know, whichever particular direction you want to do, um, or particular channel you like to choose. Wherever there is a tension, energy will tend to increase. So if you, with your attention, which is a directed form of awareness, it's not just purely receptive, it's also directed, it's saying, this bit here, you know, I'm choosing, so attention is directed, the very act of directing awareness is an energy itself. It says, this bit and not that, focus this bit and not that bit, that takes a particular quality of, that's a channeling of energy. So whatever you put attention into will be energized for good or for bad. Energy doesn't, is not, you know, doesn't have moral qualities. So if you put energy into, into something that's difficult, it's going to become more intense. If you put energy into something that's pleasant, or enjoyable, it's going to become stronger. So, very important what we do with our attention, what we attend to, physically, physiologically, mentally, emotionally, you know, because attention gives energy to things. And, you know, for one's welfare, to put attention to what is enriching, uplifting, calming, steadying. And also in ways that are of that nature. So it's not hurry up, force it down there. The the very way of of application is steadying, calming, uplifting. It's not panicky, it's not uh, obliged, I've got to do this boring thing. It's not um, niggardly. Well, I suppose I will. But it's really, you know, giving attention. So what we attend to, the fact of attention, how we attend, all, all contribute to the results that, we, that will come to us. So even attending to a very simple thing with a full heart and clear attention is going to give rise to good results. Attending to quite a complex system with patience and interest is going to give good results. Attending to any of these things from a place of panic, frustration, or is going to give those results. Mm. So be careful. Mm. In terms of things like sitting and walking, 
Now again, it's to get a right feeling for that, which is what brings you into balance. So be aware of the ideologies around sitting through something, you know, or or whatever. Just there is enormous benefit in cultivating patience, but there's a difference between patience and resignation, or patience and just um, entre- being entrenched, <laughs> hanging on. And patience has got a certain there's a willingness there, a real willingness to it. And that, that quality of willingness is the, is the, the blessing of, of skillful patience. There is skillful determination when that determination is with the right resolve towards calm or joy or clarity. There's unskillful determination which is just determination from a place of uh, dogma or I've got to do this or um, status. I can, I can prove, prove, try to prove something to oneself or others, then this is the wrong kind of determination. These are things to contemplate. There's doing and not doing. One of the um, ways of contemplation in terms of the body, which is useful, is in terms of it in terms of elements. So with this we are in a way translating our perception of body from uh, me, um, my arm, uh, man, woman, so on, into things like solid, fluid, uh, warm, mobile. So it's much more anonymous and it takes us out of the visual perception of the body into something more directly tactile. And with that you can feel, you can more work towards balance. Because if the solid is too solid, it becomes rigid and dense and there's too much pressure. If the fire, if the warmth is too hot, it becomes fiery. If it's not there enough, it becomes cold. Too much mobility becomes restless, not enough becomes stagnant, the air element. The fluid, the cohesive, the flowing, fits too much, becomes formless, uh, amorphous, um, no, no direction. There's not enough water there, we become um, fixated. So just sensing the textures of the body, you can feel the firmness, pressure of the body sitting on the ground, perhaps the firmness of the skeletal structure, 
the general impression of the, the flesh, the weight of that. Mm. And when does that feel firm? Like there's some good, you know, good solidity there. When does it start to feel heavy and pressed and compressed? And then, well, it looks like we need a little bit more um, air in here. Let's breathe in. Let's get some space. Con- developing, finding out whether your body's actually constricted. The joints in the body. Are they opened up? Are the muscles relaxed? Is the jaw relaxed? Is there enough um, openness there? So, apart from the four primary elements, the earth, solid, the fire, warm, um, the air, mobile, vibrant, and water, cohesive and flowing, the fifth is space element and this is called an inferred element because it's the absence of the others and it's the balancer because it's the bit we can always add to help bring the others in balance so if we're too dense we need some space we need to expand a little bit we need to loosen a little bit ah oh, that's better now the earth has got some space in it now it feels more settled When you have a lot of energy, it's quite a fiery experience, and if you try to bottle it up too much, it can be quite intense. So perhaps we need to widen our sense of focus, covering the whole body, or the body sitting in the space, or opening the eyes and you know being aware of the whole room, or walking up and down and being aware of the whole visual field just as a gen- as one object, not as a separate object, but just as one sense of this huge space. So that if one's got a lot of fire energy, it helps to, space helps to, to moderate that. So it helps in those, those ways. And uh, balance of the elements. So within the earth element, if it's too much earth, we perceive the flowing, which means uh, this is how that pulse from my wrist moves up my arm. I can sense it there, how parts of the body body's all interconnected. So this is how the breath sensation affects my lower ribs, or down there, or how it moves under the collarbones. Mm. So, um, you know, if, if you're feeling your body feels quite too dense, so you, then where can you feel the, the moving aspects of that? Places where it feels it's mobile helps to again to 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 counteract and bring balance into the whole picture. So, ideally, in any any aspect, any aspect of bodily phenomena, you, should, you know, to be able to discern all the elements there. That there's a certain quality of vibe of warmth, caloricity, 
certain aliveness to that. The potential for it to be mobile, it's, it's not rigid, it's not locked. That doesn't mean it's actually moving, but at least it has motility in it, because it's flexible. It's, it's cohesive enough, it's firm enough to, be, to stay the same way. It's not continual kaleidoscope of experiences, but something there, recognizable. So, so in any aspect of bodily experience, all those elements, whether all those elements are present, we say this is balance. And attending to that brings the mind into a quality of balance and harmony. It's the good sign, the meditation sign. And we may find that through breathing or just exploring body or the sitting posture or standing or walking, reclining, how the body can come into a sense of being a pleasant abiding place, a balanced place. This is work that's worth doing, and it's about doing things, and also it's about not doing things. It's about a subtle kind of work, of alignment, translation, looking at things in particular ways, putting aside certain things, you know. Everyone's hungry, everyone's, you know, there's particular pains that we need to just step away from until we can find a good place strengthen that and of course you know, the body is extremely painful then perhaps just walking and feeling the sense focusing on the, the regular impressions of the foot, feet landing on the ground something there or standing mm. So, you know, that, that possibility of, of moving around or using a system that works for you, recognizing nothing works just over, just at the drop of a hat. All things require exploration and patience. So, just recognizing that when we have right view and right intent, that itself is joyful. You know, there's some, oh, I can do this, it's a positive state. If we have right effort as well, that, that itself is positive. It's like, oh, here I am doing this, this is good, you know, okay, slow down, careful, wait a minute, a bit sharper there, right, let's work with it. So it's rather, you know, that itself is a source of joy. It's like you can do the dishes in a, how many dishes can I get done? In a, I did the dishes yesterday and I'm doing it tomorrow. Or, um, this is the only way to do dishes. Why doesn't everybody do dishes this way? <laughs> or you can do, <laughs> you know, a number of ways you can, or you can just take a dish and just, here I am doing dishes. And it's clean. That's a clean dish. That down. This is another dish. It's dirty in this particular way. It needs this kind of thing. Let's work with that. 
and sometimes this dish is just too dirty for me to clean I'll put it aside for <laughs> till I get some more help or scouring pads or something so all that is the skill of doing dishes and so there in that the joy of keep you know of keeping one's sense of aspiration and application carefully attuned both to the task but also to the resource that you have so then there is a sense of, of confidence and joy in practice